Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladles and jello spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers. Uh, preferably, we are trying to work with people who are trying to scale their business to be sellable one day. That's the big aim. Today, we are dealing with uh, a small but really important part of the equation, which is packaging and particularly custom packaging. We're talking to Simon from Eco Brothers all the way from China. They have a, a factory in Yunnan and they do custom packaging for Amazon sellers. And it's a really great win for a lot of us to get wonderful packaging without going into the nightmare of product design changes. So Simon, warm welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm so proud to be in your podcast today and share cool stuff with your crowd. And yeah, without further ado, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So the first question, why does packaging even matter? Well, there is, there is a few reasons why uh, packaging really matters uh, Especially in the online in the online business, but I would I would uh, uh, mark out just the th- the three most things that I think that are super important when it comes to packaging. The first thing is that in in this competitive market we must have uh, differentiation uh, on the Amazon page, and finally when the uh, customer receives the product. So when you put so much time into the product, but you forgot the packaging part, the customer is going to feel it. And the second thing is that unboxing experience. Unboxing experience is something that uh, everybody should be aware of. So it's like, it reminds me the days when when I bought a new iPhone or I got a new iPad at my house. And there is this few moments that I opened the product and for example, Apple, what they do, the, the unboxing experience is that they take a box which is a little bit hard to open. So if you open the box of the iPhone, it will take you like five or six seconds until you actually will see the iPhone. So this is another kind of experience that the customer is receiving when he receives the product. And this experience makes them feel good about the product that they, they just bought. They make them feel more excited about and the last thing that is, I think, is super important about uh, this uh, this market is that the the reviews. There are so many cases when someone has a very good product, but in the in the reviews, you just see that his packaging is is a little bit. When the customer receives his packaging, this cup, this the packaging squeezed up and doesn't look good, and this is the, the first impression of. You and your customer. That's the first impression of everything. That's the first day. And when they when they receive a kind of bad hello, bad, bad first impression, there is no second chance to impress them. So the last reason in, in just one line, that would be there is no second chance for first impression. If you give them a bad impression, it's going to stay there. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. When you just mentioned the Apple iPhone box, by the way, and my wife and I were clearing out some stuff from our flat two nights ago, and there were like three Apple iPhone boxes, and they are so beautifully engineered. I felt really, really bad at throwing them out. I could almost not bring myself to throw them away. Like, I've actually got iPhone boxes. I've still got two or three around. There's one on my desk. I keep them because they feel like works of art. So there is something very powerful about what they've done. I had never thought this out, but you're absolutely right. I'd never thought they consciously engineered. Like, why this is so hard to open? It takes time to open. That's so smart. I'd never thought about the fact that they've engineered that. So... I, I utterly get what you're saying about the unboxing experience and iPhones are like the absolute pinnacle of that, that their engineering, their packaging is incredible. The other things I wanted to mention as well that I think you, we talked about this before the show, but getting the clicks really important, right? Just if somebody's scrolling on their phone, so important to get that click. And the other thing, of course, is just generally, again, not so much just about what it's in your hand, but the brand image you put across. If you've got a storefront, which has beautiful products, which includes beautiful packaging, part of the feel of your brand right so yeah there's a lot that goes on with the humble packaging tell me about the big mistakes let's flip it on its head then so assuming we're convinced that packaging is important and we're out there as sellers trying to get good packaging what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making in this sphere well the first mistake is that when someone is, is sourcing his product he puts so much energy and into the PPC, into finding the supplier for his product, to find the right quality, to find the right niche, to even find the product himself. They put so much time. But when it comes to packaging, they leave the, this part to the product supplier. They say to the product supplier, okay, you just find me the packaging, I will send you the design and let's go. Let's, let's just do it like this. And this is a huge mistake. First, because when sometimes in, in one world is leading time. You can actually save time by sourcing the packaging yourself because your supplier probably already have your product ready in some cases, in most cases. His product is ready in stock and he just need to source uh, uh, the packaging for you. And this could take them 14 to 21 days. So that's why he tells you you have to wait and the living time is 20, 21, 25. Uh, uh, and this is something that if you think on advance, you can save a lot of time in a whole supply chain. And you can save yourself time by just uh, 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 doing it yourself. The second big mistake about sourcing from your supplier is that the supplier is selling you another product, is the packaging. And when you give them the, when he receives your quote for the, for the packaging, he's looking for another factor to do it. So this, could be much more expensive than just sourcing the packaging yourself. It could be much more time consuming. And the last thing is that your supplier doesn't really care much how your packaging experience uh, of your customer is going to be. He just care about the back. He wants to make a good deal. So he is not going to provide you the right uh, advice, the right materials, the right art finishing, because if he's going to tell you, look, your packaging doesn't look good, you need to add more money, maybe it's going to scare you off, maybe it's going to take him much more time to close the deal. So that's something that is preferred, just to find the basic materials with the best price and, and, uh, and hand it over to you. So this is the first, that's the first mistake that usually uh, uh, sellers are doing all the time. It's like because they are lazy, because they're too tired with the, 
to the whole project itself. So they give the packaging project to the supplier. Hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And yeah. uh, I've done it myself. And I can understand, as you say, I can understand why we, we do it. But I think like you've pointed out that there are many downsides. I mean, adding 21 days to the delivery time is not a good thing. <laughs> and also, as you say, to be fair to the suppliers in China as well, I think a lot of us forget if you're in Europe or, or North America, something like only 25% of China's exports go to the USA. That was a while ago. Maybe that's even an out of date statistic. A lot of them are going to places in the world where being cheap and good value is absolutely critical to the people buying the products and fancy packaging would be a ridiculous indulgence for them if they're in a lot of parts of the world so there is no built-in idea in the minds of the the manufacturers that things have to be incredible quality whereas if we're selling on amazon in usa or europe then the quality has to be really fantastic so i guess that there's no reason why they should know that the quality has got to be good right we have to take responsibility for that and i think that's part of a wider thing of making assumptions in China is a great way of killing everything, right? Assuming that your supplier shares your obsession with quality is is not a good idea. But assuming that they care about beautiful products as opposed to functional ones is also another part of the same mentality, right? We've got to take responsibility for setting standards ourselves, really. So what are the other issues? Uh, I know that one of the things we could do is just go on Alibaba or Google and just look for sourcing uh, or packaging ourselves. I mean, what's your experience with that kind of situation? Yeah, so the the thing is that, for one hand, sourcing the, 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 the packaging from your supplier is not a good idea. But on the other hand, if you're going to source it yourself, you have to be familiar with what you're actually asking. You need to know the materials, you need to know the art finishing, you need to know uh, what size, what the weight size of the material. You need to know, you need to have some kind of uh, uh, study in order to find a good quote, a quality quote that will match and will be suitable for your product. And this is something that requires, requires time as well, to study this uh, kind of thing. And that's why we are here today. We just try to give to the crowd the, the, the right study. And when they come to Alibaba or when they source the packaging themselves, they will know exactly which materials they need and which art finishing they need and how much things should cost, more or less. So when they, source the, when they, when they will source it themselves, they will know exactly what to ask. Yeah, you make a good point. So in other words, we have to educate ourselves if we're going to do DIY packaging sourcing, which makes sense. And I think that it's easy to just overlook the whole packaging thing and think, oh, well, it's just a piece of cardboard. But I guess if we think that way, then it's going to look to the consumer like it's just a piece of cardboard. And <laughs> we're communicating through our products, aren't we? The level of care that we take or don't take kind of communicates itself. So no, I, I take your point. So so tell us a little bit more about this. And we're talking about materials, finishes, design. Tell us a bit more. First of all, what are the material choices that we have and, and what are the pros and cons of those things? Okay, so there, there are a lot of different kinds of materials, but today we'll try to... Uh, to sum up the most uh, cost-effective ones and the most popular ones, okay? So if we need to sum up in, in, in short, three different kinds of materials, that would be white carbon, and the second one would be corrugated, and the third one will be a gray hole. These three different kinds of materials have different kinds of density, different kinds of uh, prices, 
and some of them are eco-friendly and some of them are not. So let's go for the first one. The first one is white cardboard. White cardboard is a material that goes with few different thicknesses. And the way to choose the thickness in white cardboard is to actually uh, know your product weight. White cardboard goes from 200 GSM into 400 GSM, and you can also make dual sides. So 200 could be a 250, 200, 200 paper. So this uh, is something that uh, most people need to know when they are sourcing the packaging, because sometimes product is, the weight is so less, it's just 100 grams. So you don't need to have 500 GSM for that. You just need to have 250 or 300. And the second thing about a white cardboard is that it's not an eco-friendly material because the illumination above the white cardboard is made of plastic. This, in 2021, there is a new way to coat, to make the coating of the white board with PLA. And the PLA is something that is eco-friendly material, but is it makes the packaging much more expensive so it's still it could be um, it could be eco-friendly but it's not cost effective so it doesn't answer the market demand yet and okay. that's the yeah that's why cardboard Wow, we're getting into some serious detail here. But by the way, this is an example of the sort of thing that you need to know. I mean, I had no idea about the exact weights of uh, cardboard. I mean, I guess it's one reason why we've got to talk to an expert like yourself, because I have to say that getting the packaging sizing wrong in and of itself, that can really cost you a lot of money. If you've got weight in your, if you've got space in your product, unless it's an iPhone, which is like the packaging is nearly all space, right? There's a little iPhone on the top of something, but that's a premium product for several hundred dollars. But for a lot of my uh, clients where they've done a lot of work repackaging stuff and actually got a, a much smaller space suddenly it saves them a lot of amazon fees so that's an also an important thing isn't it how does the i'm yeah. so happy that you mentioned that yeah I'm, so, I, I'm really so happy that you mentioned it michael because that's something that it's one of uh, the biggest advantage advantages in our company is that we actually when a customer is coming with the packaging we don't necessarily take the size and the dimensions for granted. We ask them, why did you choose this size? Maybe there is a way to save your size. Maybe we can put you to another category of shipping in Amazon. So we can actually send over to us the sample of the packaging and we measure them and make sure that this uh, dimension that we chose are actually the best dimension uh, that we can actually have. And if there is a way to save, we, we offer them a new dimension, a new deer cut, and, a new de and, a, and in that way, sometimes an Amazon business could save so much money because just two centimeters or a few more grams could save someone a lot of money in the, in, if you're looking at the yearly revenue. Absolutely. I remember I was talking to somebody who's been working with a friend of his who works with pretty big turnover businesses. And if you're selling... I don't know, uh, several hundred thousand units a year or something. If you say 50 cents per unit, that's $50,000 that falls straight to the bottom line. So yeah, yeah. it's a really significant thing. And actually the, the thing is this, that it's kind of obvious when you think about it, but most people don't. 
um, which is that Amazon's size or weight tiers go in tiers. It's not linear. It's it's kind of, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, bang, it's more expensive. And if you know exactly where those lines are and you yeah. make your packaging fit under them, it's not just going to save you a few cents. It can sometimes save you a dollar a unit or something. It's really quite extreme, especially in Q4 where in, in the USA, but most 3PLs these days, the, the, the storage cost is like triple normal um, for good reason. That's even more important. So, yeah, I, I think for me, I'm a kind of economics driven guy. I get excited about and, and marketing. I guess I get excited about two aspects of this. One is very unsexy, but by reducing the dimensions on one product line, you saved yourself $10,000 over the next two years or something ridiculous. There's so, so much money to save that goes to you. I love that. And the second thing is that the branding potential of the, the products. So coming back to materials, because I, I kind of, I know we've got a few more materials we talked about. You clearly know your, your detail here. What you mentioned already, the eco-friendly versus not eco-friendly, and then the cost versus cheap kind of equation there. I mean, you, you're called eco-brothers. I presume that you actually are really, you know, driven by the idea of eco-friendly materials. What do you think are the best ways in 2021 and with, with more sophisticated consumers to address an affordable address of the sustainable packaging question well i think in 2021 there is more and more demand for eco-friendly packaging i think for two main reasons the first reason is that that's what the customer wants the customer is asking for eco-friendly packaging because there is more awareness worldwide about how important it is to save the planet and how important it is to use a, a, a uh, materials that will not harm the, the, our planet. So when you choose to use an eco-friendly packaging, you actually make your brand much, much more outstanding by the customer eye, because now is if you have two customers on, two customers on Amazon and one of them has eco-friendly packaging and one of them doesn't, some customers, some buyers, will choose only the eco-friendly one. So that's the first most important uh, thing about eco-friendly packaging. The second thing is that in some cases, not in all cases, but in some cases, eco-friendly packaging are actually cheaper than not eco-friendly packaging. So for example, the second material that we are going to talk about now is corrugated material. Corrugated material is an eco-friendly material. Now, this material is usually, not all the time, but most of the time, is cheaper than cardboard, white cardboard. And the look of the corrugated, it actually looks uh, something that is more natural, more eco-friendly, and is cheaper, and is more strong than the white cardboard. So that's the main two reasons. First one is the the image of the brand and the second one is cost yeah and i think that's one of those beautiful situations which we should always always look for it's called by richard kosh he's a, a business strategist he's made himself very very rich by following his own advice which is very unusual for a consultant he says it's called profitable variation which is when you vary something which is better for the consumer but it's also cheaper or more profitable to produce and those are not common situations but this is one of those beautiful things where 
it looks more eco-friendly so it resonates more with people who care about the environment a lot for example my my case study is always my mum who's obsessed with the environment and but it also is cheaper which is a beautiful combo and that's not common but if you can find that i think that's really worth pursuing very hard so the third thing you mentioned is gray board how does that kind of even i'm not even sure that i know what that is is that different from corrugated cardboard in some way a gray board is something that is more, uh, the density of the paper is much, much uh, bigger. And the look and the feel of the packaging, it, ma- it looks much more uh, impressive than white cardboard and corrugated. Not in all cases, but in most cases. And this is a box that you will see on every iPhone. Every big brand is using a, a gray board. But this material is, one, is not eco-friendly, and second, is very expensive. So just to just to give you an example, if a white cardboard of X dimension will cost fifty cents, the same dimension uh, will in gray board will cost ninety cents. So the price is is much 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 higher. It is much more impressive by the customer eye. It's much more uh, looks much more expensive and it feels good, but this material is, is material that only, if you ask me, is only good for gift premium uh, products. Yeah, and I guess that's, a, again, what you're implying to me is that the packaging is part of your product design and designing, how can I put this, reverse engineering from a particular market and the particular needs of a market. So if you have a market that is very price driven, i.e. people want cheap, 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 you know, that's going to be harder to make profit anyway. But certainly you don't want expensive packaging but on the other hand if you're aiming to be the premium in your market then it might be really critical if you're selling something that's say 80 90 100 dollars or something that you really make a point of having very premium packaging as long as you've allowed for the fact that it's going to be more expensive and you might do the the iphone play which is really expensive material really expensive design most of it is white is space so when you ship an iphone you're shipping mostly air and bits of plastic and then a little iphone at the top that's an obvious very con- conscious decision right but that is again just to, to make sure that people don't misunderstand what i'm saying i'm not saying get the, the smallest dimensions possible and n- neither of us are saying get cheapest packaging possible at all but it's about being very mindful of the economic implications and the branding implications and both go together right so i think it's it sounds obvious but most people don't think this stuff through it's about joined up thinking as you were saying if you just go obsess about the product and then go oh yeah stick it in a white box you suddenly let go of control of something so this is an interesting stuff i mean what is your overall process that you would say if, if somebody's there's a lot of detail that we're talking about here how can somebody approach packaging in a more structured more professional way what's the process for doing with it yeah so first uh, at the end of the video we'll have the presentation that if everybody wants to have a sum up of the of the study there is a way to get it and if we need to to be short the best way i can yeah so i think i think the best the, the best way to solve this first of all to know what do you need? What materials do you need? Second is to know what art finishing do you want? What art finishing is actually could make your brand stand out on the Amazon or the Shopify or whatever. And the last thing is to do the sourcing. To find a good source for the packaging 
it could be in two ways. You could find a sourcing company to do it for you, or you can do it yourself. Either way, there is pros and cons to each one, but either way, you need to know exactly what materials, what thickness of materials, what art finishing do you want, what is your quantities. And when you have that, along with the AI file, ready to print file that you have from your designer, then the sourcing uh, journey is gonna be very, very easy and uh, save you a lot of time. Interesting. And, and of course, you've implied the word designer there and AI file. So one of the obvious things that we're used to doing when we just take packaging that's given by the supplier is they say, OK, we have this size white cardboard. And then you go to a designer and you say, these are the dimensions. And then they create a graphic design. And then it goes back to the, the normally in an AI file, as in what is it? Adobe Illustrator, right? It's the, the sort of standard for vector graphics. So that implies to me that you've already kind of sorted out the packaging dimensions and materials before and design, physical design, before you find a designer. So at what point in this process should we be, what's the order and sequence of that sort of piece of the puzzle? That's a great point, because usually people are doing it the other way around. They first already have the design and then they are thinking about the materials and the finishing and the art finishing. That's not right. They first need to know the materials, need to know the art finishing of their product and then go along with all these requests to the to the designer with with in a short in short what exactly the designer need the designer need to know exactly what's going on inside your head that's what he need and in order to do it simple and and accessible for him to understand what is your vision you need to be very very clear in details in photos in text Explain whatever whatever you want. Just be very, very clear. And one good tip for people who are in the design part and are, go, are going to do the design of their product soon is to go to the Amazon page of their product and to see what colors most sellers are using on this page and try to give some new color that this page doesn't have. So they will stand out when they will put their product and their photo on the Amazon page, their product would stand out. Also, yeah. I was just going to say, um, sorry to interrupt your, the wisdom is flowing forth here. I shouldn't get in the way. One of the things I want to say is a very simple but important thing, which is the only thing you're allowed to show in the main image on Amazon is the product on a white background. But the product you're giving somebody includes the packaging. So I very often will just ask people if I'm working with them to work on a product design from scratch to, to do a similar thing, but to use their packaging to really stand out because you're allowed to show the packaging. So a bright pink, a red, an orange, whatever it is that's appropriate for your brand color and your message is a really simple um, way that is totally within terms of service as opposed to sticking some kind of little you know, logo in the corner that says we're really cool or something, which is absolutely against terms of service and is liable to be getting your your listing taken down. So I think it's important not to skip that important po that little point. The packaging is a legitimate way to get any color you want into the main image. But what you just said about identifying what there what's already there and then changing it is a very smart idea. So I completely interrupted you. You're probably about to say something important. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so the other part of the packaging is the art. The art is super important. There is a, a lot of different kinds of art, but the most common and cost-effective ones would be 
soil stamping or UV printing or something that is different, something that say your your gives the the brand some statement. If for example there is two products and one of them has foil stamping. The foil stamping will stand out of from the logo, it will shine. So when the customer will receive it, he will see some shining box. Instead of seeing some white cardboard that just have a design that is, is flat and, and 2D instead of 3D beautiful uh, kind of uh, uh, visual. These things are very, very small and the designer should know about them. He should know exactly where to foil the box or where to do the UV and all these things. So if you already set it up before you talk to your designer, your designer is doing that, you give this AI to the factory and they are not going to contact you. They're just going to give you the price and you're just going to move on so smooth. It's not going to be like, oh, I want to do this, or oh, maybe I want to do that. It doesn't on the, it's not appear on the AI files with the factory, it doesn't really know what you want. So when everything is in order and in place, the, the whole sourcing journey is super, super smooth. Yeah, that sounds good. And one of the terrible things about sourcing from China, if you're not in China, and yeah, my friends who are in China say it works differently if you're there, you could just pop in and have a cup of tea while they make your product uh, prototypes, you know, because the Chinese can move super fast when they need to, right? But when you're sourcing from abroad, it's so important to avoid that back and forth, especially with samples, because you've got to air freight the sample over and then you say, no, this is wrong. And then you send them photographs and then they go this and you say, no, that. And yeah, anything that avoids that back and forth, as you say, getting the order and sequence of the, the, the sourcing is so critical for time and flow of money and so forth. Tell me a little bit more about these materials, the sort of finishes, art finishes. What is the difference between UV printing and normal printing i mean i don't even know what the right word is because i'm so ignorant what is the standard kind of printing and what is uv printing and what, why is that better uv printing is is some kind of uh, some kind of shining effect that is sending out from the packaging for maybe a half millimeter and when you touch the packaging in your hand there is some kind of texture that you feel okay and really? yeah that sounds very cool <laughs> in the in, in the in the presentation there is everything there is uv and debossing and all this kind of stuff so people can have a kind of idea on what is what great so i was gonna say we're, we're referencing the presentation so let me just give you people a chance to get hold of that so you've got a wonderful presentation about this now obviously we'd be you know happy to get it out to people in whatever form but this is primarily a podcast even though of course we do a youtube you know, video version as well and in a podcast we can't really do a presentation so if you want to get hold of the presentation just go to amazingfba.com forward slash packaging and you can get this very beautifully put together presentation by Simon and his company. So just tell us a little bit more about what people will find out if they uh, get your presentation. So, sorry, I didn't get the last, the last part. What, what was it? So, if people um, download your presentation, what are they going to learn from your presentation? They will learn about product materials. They will learn about uh, how to communicate with a designer. They will learn about how to, uh, how, what, is, uh, what is art finishing the different kinds of art finishing they will learn about uh, uh, they will learn about the whole process basically from the very beginning to the very end of how to make a quality standing out outstanding packaging 
Sounds great. Well, that, that's definitely something I'm going to download because I just think it's uh, it's funny when you got out, went in touch, and I just immediately and forgive me, I thought, oh, packaging, that's a pretty small and unimportant thing, and I suddenly thought that's exactly the sort of mental trap that everyone falls into because the truth is, of course. Uh, premium brands use incredible packaging and also the thing that i know from my clients that they've you know shaved two centimeters off the depth of the packaging and suddenly saving a ton of money so i realized it was completely stupid thinking so if that's you and you had that that reaction to oh packaging it's all detail it's not important i i would really urge you to rethink that <laughs> i think there's a lot of hidden here's what the beautiful thing talking about profitable variation there are two beautiful opportunities in pricing and again for me economics is beautiful in the end number one better packaging maybe it costs you another dollar per unit gets you three dollars increase on the price that's a price increase which is a massive driver of profit and then of course if you just get the packaging dimensions just perfect you could save yourself a dollar every single time in storage and, and fulfillment costs and that goes straight to your bottom line as well for me I'm, in the end profit's my obsession and i think uh, i get very very interested in packaging when it can drive my price up and my cost down i'm like hello that's suddenly a great interest. And to do that with packaging as opposed to try and redimension a three-dimensional complex object, it's just so much easier, right? So there's a lot of power in this. And I really would urge everyone to look into this deeply. Tell us a little bit about your services. Obviously, you guys help deal with a lot of this sort of mental detail, which is quite a large amount, of course, quite complex. What is it you offer Amazon sellers or other e-commerce sellers? We... We manufacture packaging in, in we have an export uh, department in a local factory in uh, Yunnan, China, which is the south of China. And we, when we receive a quote from a customer, we can match uh, the right dimension. We can match the right materials, the right art finishing. And that way the customer will have the exact materials that he needs and you will have a professional advice on, on maybe there is some art that you can add or maybe some tips how to change the dimensions. And of course, we give a free beer cut for everyone that uh, is asking for a certain kind of uh, packaging. Uh, and a free beer cut is something that is going to make the process also much more faster because the designer doesn't need to understand what you want, what you need, you just give the art. The gear cut and you understand exactly uh, the frame and everything. So sorry, <laughs> just to clarify, so you guys don't do the actual design side, right? We do not do the design. Okay, fine. So wh where do you come in the process you were talking about? So would if somebody wants great packaging for their product and they know what the product dimensions are roughly, then would they go to you first and then talk to their designer and then come back to you? Or what's the right sort of order of that? Yeah, first they can come to me and they can check different kinds of uh, uh, packaging styles and say, hey, I like this kind of style. Can you give me a beer cut for that? Sure. Beer cut, he takes the beer cut to his designer. He adds all the art into it. We give it back to us. We manufacture the packaging. Usually within, uh, within 14 days from the uh, uh, day of payment, the packaging is already in their supplier uh, in, in their supplier door so all the pricing first is including including the, the logistic in china whatever they want to have it in china we will send it there within 14 days okay i think that makes sense and so do you guys sort of talk through because obviously there are many options 
do you help people kind of connect their brand sort of uh, story brand identity with the packaging app options or do you just say okay you could do white cardboard gray card gray board or this what do you want i mean how, how does that we we give the the, the the what we think that is most cost effective and still uh, uh, could differentiate your your packaging from the rest that that uh, i think that the main uh, the main activity that uh, could help to our customer is that they know exactly what material they are going to buy and they know how to choose materials and choose packaging that will make the difference for their product. Great. Yeah, so you give a bit of advice and then once they've made a design decision, they go back to the designer, the designer makes the design that's going to fit the packaging and then they come back to you and you just take care of the rest of it by the sound of it. That does sound really good. And, and what I would say about this kind of situation, at any sort of cost-minded e-commerce entrepreneur, and you kind of have to be very, very aware of costs because there are so many in this business and the profit margins could be slim relative to other business models, is going to be saying, oh, this guy's going to take his cut. And, and all I would say to that is, yeah, I, I don't think it matters if you're giving somebody a percentage or, or a, a fee, as long as the economics of your product work out and the quality is great. And so I would just urge anyone to just consider this option amongst any other options. I'm not saying you should use Simon and Nico Brothers. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But the point is, there's often a resistance there that I've sensed with people. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about having a middleman and paying them. If it's going to make the, the process better and quicker and probably more cost effective, who cares? It's just what matters is the numbers that come out of the process, right? So that's all I would say. So if people want to get in touch with you, we've got a link here. So just amazingfba.com forward slash eco. If you're looking for Eco Brothers, by the way, it's eco brothers with two s's.com. So if you're looking for that website, just, just so you know that if you're, if you're browsing to find it, great advice, lots of detailed hints and, and some sort of bigger picture strategy things. But if nothing else, if we've reconnected people to the opportunity that is lying hidden within their packaging, I think we've done people a great favor. I believe there's some kind of deal that you're offering um, 10K Collective listeners as well. What, what is that? If, we, if the people go via amazingfba.com forward slash eco, E-C-O, what are you going to do for people? To say that it doesn't matter if, if the people will buy the, the packaging from us or not. The tips here that we got on this channel, on your channel, is gold tips. And people should follow and just uh, give it a little bit of a thought about what we talked today because it's very small details not much of the investment and could save a lot of money and what we offer for your crowd is that on every package that they will buy from us will give them a thank you card so this is another thing that is important that when someone is buying your product you should communicate with them inside with some thank you card say thank you for buying from us and uh, give some nice uh, kind of quote or I don't know, each one in his own marketing. So the prices that uh, we charge for the packaging is one thing, but the thank you card for your channel would be free for each and every package that we buy. If they will buy 10,000, they will get 10,000 free uh, thank you cards. And, that's um, really that's worth having really actually having, yeah because you, you often end up with people charge you 20 cents per card or something like that for, for printing and, and yeah. insertion so that's really very worth having and also a really another missed opportunity which we haven't even discussed but is to do really intelligent insert cards whether you've got a qr code people can scan in order to then join your face facebook chat bot or your email list which is a very good way to build up a list of people for reviews and so forth 
or it, it's part of your branding that they go, wow, there's some beautiful design everywhere. I mean, one of the other things I've noticed is you have really beautiful packaging, a wonderful product and a really rubbish insert card or a really beautiful insert card that does absolutely nothing for your business apart from a bit of branding. But I believe you could do what my friend Rick Cesari calls direct branding, which is to say it both builds your brand because it looks beautiful and is designed and it gets a direct response like they go and join your email list. So, yeah, totally um, big belief in the value of insert cards and uh, really great that you're going to offer them for free. So that's even better. So it just remains for yeah. me to say, Simon, great, great wisdom, lots of little tips, lots of bigger picture thinking as well. Probably an under discussed topic. We've never had a packaging expert on the, the podcast before. So, yeah, really great stuff. And uh, I hope that somebody goes away from this podcast and, and they have an aha moment. And whether or not they work with you or, or whoever they work with, that they go, right, I'm going to redo my packaging and make themselves a ton of money. So really great stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Michael. I'm, I'm so proud today. I really wish that everybody uh, on your channel and uh, wish a big success with the Amazon business, with the online business. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.